Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our second scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the first letter of John, which can be found on page 240 in the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. And this morning we will focus on chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Hear now the word of the Lord. See what love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children. We are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this, that when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is, and all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins, and no one who sins has either seen him or, know, or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. Everyone who commits sin is a child of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Those who have been born of God do not sin because God's seed abides in them. They cannot sin because they have been born of God. The children of God and the children of the devil are revealed in this way. All who do not know what is right are not from God, nor are those who have not loved their brothers and sisters. For this message you would have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. We would not be like Cain, who was evil, who was the evil one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. And whoever does not abide in love abides in death. All who hate a brother or a sister are murderers, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as your scripture is read and as the word proclaimed, that the meditations of our heart and our minds lead us to something new, that we may be open to new revelation, new insights, into how you call us to be an ever-growing people, people who have been called to love, people who have been called to serve, people who have called to just be themselves as an honest reflection of your creation, of your love, and your light. We ask this in your most precious name. Amen. This may seem like a crazy 
non sequitur, but I'm curious if any of you have ever heard of a Turkish delight before. Oh, yeah, there's maybe some. I was surprised uh, to hear that this tree, or, oh yeah, Turkish delight, yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised to learn that this, this dessert of sorts is really just candy and uh, or, uh, is sugar water that's hinted with a, uh, some rose water. When I think of sweets, I don't think of roses, but I'm not one to judge. But you might have heard of them before, as I said. Uh, but the first time I really ever heard of these uh, sweet treats was in, in the famous uh, series, The Chronicles of Narnia. If you've ever read the books or watched the movies, you know that Turkish delights are the sweets that the witch uses to turn Edmund against his siblings and his friends. After finishing off a box of these treats that have been imbued with magic, Edmund's desire for these Turkish delights grows to a point where he turns his back on others in pursuit of a desire to fill his own wants. His selfishness is so intense, and his hate for their not understanding him is so intense that he is willing to say hurtful things to his younger sister and lure the rest of them into the witch's castle, knowing full well that she intended to kill them. Why I talk about this from the Chronicles of Narnia and why I mention this in light of the passage we just read is because what I find most interesting about the Bible, about Scripture, is that in reality, 95, 99% of the time, the Bible asks us to check ourselves, to stop and check our hearts instead of acting as a judge, prosecutor, and executioner for other people. What I find interesting is that it asks us to stop and think about ourselves. And I can't think of a stronger statement than the one that we hear this morning, where in this letter of 1 John, it says, all who hate, all who hate a brother or a sister are murderers. And you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding in them. I don't know about you, but if you don't think this passage is convicting, then I, I, you must be made of tougher stuff than I am. Because the weight of this verse, these verses, feels like an excruciatingly heavy responsibility. It means that when we fail to love our neighbors as ourselves, when we fail to live out the great commandment that was mentioned before, to love God, to love neighbor, then we are guilty of being convicted of a crime that is on par with murder. But maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself and we should take a step back and look at the first part of this passage. Because we hear in the beginning first that everyone who commits sin is guilty and is in lawlessness. And like I was saying before, oftentimes we think of laws and commandments as being something that limits what we can and cannot do. And in some ways that's right. Because, I mean, you wouldn't want to run a stop sign at a four-way intersection. Okay, I'm, I'm glad, because I, you know, I don't want you to have that thought in your head. <laughs> or you wouldn't want to smoke in an area you weren't allowed to because there were flammable materials around, like a gas station, that just wouldn't make sense. Laws and commandments serve a purpose. 
And in some ways, yes, they are prohibitive because it keeps us and those around us hopefully safe. But the reading reminds us this morning that the laws of God, the heavenly laws, are often different than earthly or secular laws. That the rules and commandments of God are not just about what we can and cannot do, but they are often about how we can choose to live life, to live in a new kind of way. As our first reading from the book of Deuteronomy says, choose life. That is the law we hear this morning. To choose life, to choose love, to choose to love God and our neighbors. And if we choose that law to live into it, we will find that our lives are open to a world of new possibilities. While it certainly may sound like God is at time wagging a finger and telling us what is and isn't allowed like a scolding parent, the truth is that God's laws and commandments are not like our present understanding of rules and order which may be hard for Presbyterians like us who love our rules and our order, but, you know, we can always make room for change. But unlike the prohibitive nature of our secular laws, the laws of God in many ways are like a guidebook. It shows us how we can live and what freedoms are at our fingertips if we say yes to allow our hearts to be open to one another and to the divine love that comes from God. These guides require that we not only hear the words, the teachings of God, because hearing them is important, but it requires then that we also live them out actively in our daily lives. We can't just come to church, worship, sing some songs, say some prayers, and then go out and rob a bank. Uh, Because if we do, we probably have missed the point. And that, then, is where our second part of the reading comes into play. It's a reinforcement of the lesson we heard previously, that there is abundant life when we choose life, and there are opportunities to be found if we live as ones who have abundant life dwelling inside of us. The kingdom of God may not have laws and commandments as we understand them, but that doesn't mean they don't matter. The point is driven home in that portion I mentioned earlier where the letter says all who hate a brother and a sister are murderers. Because it can't get any more precise than that. The Greek, meseo, literally means to hate or detest. So those who spend time brooding or going about spreading hate and fear are condemned by the law of God, who holds such actions as an affront to what it means to live a life that is free, a life of freedom, free from fear, free from hate, a life that instead of dwelling on such things as hate and fear is free to love and to be loved as God has loved us. This law of God, which goes against hate, guides us towards a new path, which was encapsulated, I feel, in a collection of short stories I had been reading uh, recently that was uh, published uh, specifically for this past month's uh, black, well, this current month's uh, Black History Month. There is a story in this uh, collection of of, uh, autobiographical stories 
And there was one that was given by a man named Nicholas Smith, who was a young white man from Oregon on the West Coast, who recalled the shame he felt. The shame he felt for his inaction during his time uh, uh, training in the army when he was walking around town one day and witnessed an officer who hit a little black boy who was only at the age of 10. Smith remembers that the officer got out of his car and said that it was a shame that he hadn't hit the boy and his friend at the same time. That moment scarred Smith. The shame inside him, though, was transformed to a later point in life where he could go and live to choose life in a way that chose life not only for himself, but for those around him as well. Because he recalls that a few months later after that incident, he found himself in a bar with a, a black soldier fellow comrade in arms as they served in the Vietnam War. And they, he recalls his time when the bartender at that time told them that they had to leave because he wouldn't serve someone who was black. But Smith said to him that if he was good enough to serve in the army and become an army officer, then he was good enough to drink in the blanking bar. <laughs> as much as I would love to have a little fun with that, you know, uh, might not be the time or place. But Smith recalled that in Vietnam, his time there reinforced his already transforming understanding of the world. That in the foxhole, he said, we all bleed red. He learned that such unreasonable hate and such demonic hate had no place in the world. And so his life became one that was guided by the law of life, the law of love, a law that didn't keep him from doing certain things, but a law that showed him everything he could do if he opened up his heart and learned to love a little more, to really lean into that trust, that belief that in the image of God, we were all created equally. We started this series on discipleship by asking what it means to be claimed by God in the act of baptism. We remembered what it means for us to take a risk by casting our nets in search of something new. We recalled that the gifts we have received from God are not for one person, but for all people. And we considered what it would look like for us to shine our light from the hill. And today, as we discuss the law of God, as we reflect on stories of those who have come before us, we hopefully have a better understanding of what it means to live a life that is founded on the liberating life, that is founded on God's grace and love. I hope that we take seriously today and every day the responsibilities that have been given to us. This law of loving God and loving neighbor is not a calling that we should take lightly. And it is something that we choose to participate in every day. And by being co-laborers, co-partners in God's redemptive work of justice, peace, compassion, then we will discover that our hearts 
will have been transformed along the way as well. We will find that our hearts begin to align themselves more closely with the heart of God. But as the good book of Deuteronomy reminds us, that depends on if we choose life, to choose the law of life. Because if we do so, we will find that we are not bounded by any kind of earthly law or commandment, but instead are freed, are liberated to live life as people who can love freely, to share freely, to work for the better good freely, all in the service of being called as God's hands and feet in the world around us. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.